You're listening to the oneofus.net podcast network. Is there anything better than cracking open a cold beer and listening to your favorite podcasts? No, sir. And I'm here to tell you that the beer you should be cracking is one from our new sponsor, Circle Brewing, located in Austin, Texas at 2340 West Breaker Lane, Suite B. You can have a frosty one in their fabulous tap room where lots of seasonal specials await you, or you can get lots of their treats in the bottle or can at your local craft beer retailer. Try their award-winning Alibi Blonde or their diabolically rich Devil Knight Barrel-Aged Stout. They have so many solid choices, and they are the official sponsor of OneOfUs.net. Support Circle Brewing and support us, and we really need your support. There is no site without subscribers, and that depends on you. Please think about becoming a subscriber, because we cannot do this without you. The four different subscription tiers are there to give different flavors of bonus content, but we absolutely need your help, whether you sign up to give 2 5 10 or $25 a month. Don't be one of those people who love something but won't lift a finger to keep it around. Help one of us and keep those podcasts coming. Man, Ben and I are coming out of another movie tonight ever uh, start talking about this movie, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. We're like, should we just record 20 minutes of us just going squee? Because <laughs> I'm not really sure. There's a point of this film where I'm like, I love this film so thoroughly and so just like every frame of it that I almost don't want to talk about it for fear of someone who hasn't seen it spoiling any aspect of it. Oh, no, I will probably spoil the shit out of this movie purely on accident. I love this movie so much that, as I said to Chris before we even walked into the last movie, is the only reason why I'm free to review this movie is because it's not in theaters yet for me to see it again. Right. Pretty much, yeah. And this is uh, a... Okay, so... It's it's shaky where this takes place in the canon of everything, and of there's anything. a lot of discussions <laughs> to be said about that because it definitely ties into some things, but then maybe it doesn't. And then they've been very sort of iffy about like whether or not this might even in some way tie into the MCU. Possibly, I mean, Marvel has said shrug. I think they're kind of waiting to see what people think of it before they decide whether or not they're going to maybe later acknowledge aspects of it. But hey, for those of you out there who have been saying, yeah, yeah, Peter Parker's great, but what I really wanted to see was a Miles Morales Spider-Man film. Here you go. But wait, you also get Peter Parker. One There's the more. Peter <laughs> yeah, yeah, and more. Like, so you're like, many more. Yeah, I like Peter Parker and I like Miles Morales, but I, what I really want is Spider, Peter Parker. Is Spider, is Spider Gwen. <laughs> Chris, I'm going to save you from yourself because we're going to go raving into this movie. Let's talk about who's here. I'm Ben. I'm Chris. And I'm Mike. Wow, look at you starting. My look, I saw jacket. us going down the path where Mike will start raving about this movie for the next 30 minutes and we'll forget to even talk about plot. We'll just talk about Every little nook and cranny of this movie that is gorgeous. Well, fine. You're going to boss this thing, then go ahead. What is the plot of this film? Well, the plot of this film is we're following Miles Morales first before he is Spider-Man with his dad, who is a cop, uh, who is played uh, actually by uh, Brian uh, Tyree Henry from... Oh, yeah. Who everybody who watches Atlanta will know him very well. Yeah, Paperboy. Paperboy. (laughs) Uh, And uh, we have uh, Shameik Moore, who plays Miles... Who, I'm trying to remember what I saw him from. I think it, uh, he was in Dope? Yeah, and, he was in Dope. Uh, oh, that's right. I just saw him in The Get Down where he was Sheldon Fantastic, which he was pretty awesome in that, oh, yeah. too. A deeply underrated show, by the way. It really is. Uh, second season was 
mixed, but whatever. Go on uh, with the plot. <laughs> yeah, sorry. So basically, Miles is a kid who lives in Brooklyn. He got accepted into a really smart STEM school, you know, really fancy downtown where he, he literally lives in a dorm for the week and goes home for the weekend type of thing. Still not really sure on it, but basically he gets there. He's kind of messing up somewhat on purpose because he doesn't want to be there. He wants to go home to live in the hood. You know, he loves his uncle Aaron who uh, basically taught him everything. About Played by Mar- Marshala cool. Ali? Of course. One of the coolest human beings on the planet. And yeah. Basically like, yeah, hey, man, you has got to, you know, do your art, know your vibe, but... Uh, pretty much while he's hanging out with his uncle, uh, he's doing some spray painting and gets bitten by a spider. Not your regular Peter Parker radioactive spider. This thing seems to be bouncing between being pixelated and something else, which we learned later on seems to be related to actually uh, going from different dimensions. As he kind of learns, he has spider powers by first meeting Gwen Stacy and then really ruining his first meeting with Gwen Stacy. Uh, who played by Haley Steinfeld. Yeah. Uh, he uh, basically finds Spider-Man fighting with a really giant Green Goblin. Or not, yeah, yeah, giant Green Goblin, and then Wilson, a really giant Wilson <laughs> Fisk. Fisk. A, Will, a Liev Schreiber as as uh, uh, Wilson Fisk. Fisk, the kingpin. The great, like, just strong Liev Schreiber with a New York accent, which I never thought I wanted. But That's it's pretty great. great. Yeah. Uh, and it turns out there's a giant uh, multidimensional ray beam thing going on here. That Spider-Man's trying to stop. It's and a collider. Like, wants to go on. Collider, thank you. So <laughs> uh, you're already starting. What? <laughs> and basically Spider-Man's like, runs into, uh, like saves Miles. Times. He goes, wait, Miles, you're like me. Well, it's not long before the uh, the collider goes off. And Spider-Man is basically killed by the collider. But after he's forced into it, and some weird stuff goes on. Move forward with plot that his Spider-Man in his universe is dead. Miles is trying to figure out what to do with himself. But he realizes he needs to be a hero. And suddenly another Spider-Man shows up, and then another, and then another, and basically we're finding out that the Spider-Verse is colliding with Miles' universe, and they need to stop this collider and get the rest yeah. of the Spider-Man home. Basically, like, because Spider-Man was in the beam, uh, it sucked all these variant all parallel worlds versions of Spider-Man, which is say is not just Spider-Man, they're very different versions of Spider-Man, like uh, Nicolas Cage as as Spider-Noir, who's a 30s hard-boiled detective it's Spider-Man. It's so that's amazing when he likes him. Or uh, the, uh, uh, the, the anime spider chick, uh, uh, Penny, Penny Parker, who's got a big spider robot that she's connected with that's run by a spider she has a telepathic connection to. And John Mulaney is Peter Porker Spider-Ham. Yeah, Spider-Ham. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, as we find out, uh, Gwen Stacy is, of course, Yay, Spider Gwen! I love yeah. Spider Gwen so much. Oh I know, I know, I know. You're like she's called Spider Ghost. I'm like, fuck you. It's no, Spider-Gwen. I hate Ghost Spider. I hate, Ghost Spider. Ghost Spider, I hate yeah. that name so much. Yeah, and they didn't fan. use that in here. They called her Spider Woman. So yes, I was really God. happy that they stuck with the original names and plots. But it's the a bunch of them getting together and basically we got to stop Kingpin. And oh, also we keep glitching because we're not supposed to be in this universe. So there's a time limit before we die if we stay here. And we've got to figure out, but, but, let, basically say, well, you got to activate the thing. Let them activate the thing again but <laughs> so we can go back, but then also shut it down. And who will be the one to shut it down? Now, one of the big key things that works so well in this film and not even talking about visually uh is uh jake johnson playing the alternate version of peter parker that comes in who is considerably older he's in his like i guess 40s it looks like maybe like his late 30s i guess who's a little bit overweight like just a little bit he's got a pot belly you know he's burnout in his world 
he and, and Mary Jane broke up. He's kind of like... Ami mm-hmm. died there. Yeah, he's like... He, he He's living in uh, the darkest timeline. <laughs> he's kind of the Peter that most of us know from most of the times in the comics, where it's like, no, he's a genius, and he's a perfect Spider-Man, but he's also really bad at regular life, and his Parker luck has run out at every turn, which is a fun parallel to the Spider-Man from uh, Miles' universe, which is Chris Pine, as little as we get from him, where he's such a successful Spider-Man that... He has a spider lair. He has a Christmas album. He has merchandise that he <laughs> actually makes amazing. money off it, of. He is, they established that, except for the fact that he has blonde hair, he's pretty much Sam Raimi's Tobey Maguire Spider-Man. Oh, to the point where they like even show scenes from those movies. In, like, and you're like, oh. Tongue-in-cheek ways. Too. Yeah, very tongue-in-cheek way. Make it kind of like having, having fun with it, but we're like unmistakably iconic sequences from what, those films. Yes. What the film does so well with each Spider-Man is a joke that you worry at first is going to run its course way too quickly of Spider-Man explaining his story with a comic book falling on the screen. But somehow they find a way to keep it fresh each time where they do it at least twice all the way out or three times all the way through. And then the third time they're like, Let's do three at once because we know you're tired of this, so they're going to talk over each other. Joe, stupid, each plot. Well, that's it's such a great is... way of explaining every single person to a new audience, though, which I think was super creative. No, no, great. they found a way to do that as a device, but also in the end, kind of make fun of their own device, which yeah. made the whole thing kind of great. Uh, and there's even stuff here, like I was describing this movie to someone, and they're like, "Ooh, like Ang Lee's the Hulk." I'm like, "Okay, hold it, <laughs> hold it." Hold that thought. He fucked up that for everybody. <laughs> because I get where you're coming from. You're a little afraid of the like the on-screen comic panels and the onomatopoeia appearing on screen and that sort of thing. And, like I get it. That like Angley did that wrong. This does it so well, and it does it sparingly and creatively as fuck that you're constantly like every time it happens, you laugh. You're like, also, oh, it helps that, that it's a cartoon. <laughs> yeah, it helps that it, it does help that it is a cartoon. That is for sure. Um, but Miles is just so strong in this movie. We're watching. This is an origin story for him. He's trying to figure out his powers. Ultimately, it is his journey of, like, trying to get self-confidence again. Like, his powers and him being able to use all his powers. And the, his version of Spider-Man, Miles Morales' Spider-Man, has different powers than the regular one. He can turn invisible. He's got venom blasts. Yeah. And there's this whole thing, like, until he kind of finds this inner peace he's never going to be able to do this stuff on command. And it's kind of his arc of like his relationship with all these other characters and the people who were previously in his life of him starting to come to this Zen point where he can actually become Spider-Man. There's that great training or forced training montage where all the other Spider-Man, except for Jake Johnson's one are basically saying, can you do this? Can you do that? Can you do this? And it's one, a great Spider-Man test phase. Cause like, yes, Spider-Man has to be able to do 18 things that, seem like they would be the most impossible thing in the world, but because Peter Parker's a genius and a skilled acrobat, you know, or because Spider-Man is, he has to do that. But then it also expresses every one of those characters perfectly, where you have, you know, uh, Gwen is the brilliant scientist who's a skilled acrobat as well, and she's like, well, can you, you know, decode this formula while putting de- while being under fire? And then uh, the uh, Spider-Man from the uh, anime universe is like, can you fix a motherboard while being shot at? And then you have, of course, Nicolas Cage is like, can you kill all of your emotions? Can you ignore everything that's gonna ki- that's gonna make you cry in the night? It's funny, like you say that, and on like you hearing you say that outside of the context of this film, I'm like, actually, that sounds kind of lame. But when you watch it play out in the film, it's anything but. Well, the thing about that sequence that I enjoy the most, besides that, is it also plays on the fact that Peter Parker, Spider Man in general, tend to have a lot of things in common. But it like it kind of shows the point. It's like, well, Miles doesn't have to be. 
that. He is he can be his own Spider Man. And the movie keeps alluding to that fact by the fact that he can't do the things sometimes they mention because he's not Peter he's not a variation of Peter Parker in some way. Even with Spider-Gwen, like, he's not a variation of a, of a Gwen Stacy. He is his own person. And, and can I say, first of all, though, it was not directed by Phil Lord and Chris Miller. They were deeply involved in this thing from sure. the very gestation of it. Uh, Phil and Chris produced this. Phil co-wrote this. The story is by him. Uh, it's based on Brian Michael Bendis's triumphant run of yes. Ultimate Spider-Man about Miles Morales, which is... So many Bendis references. <laughs> There's a lot of God. Bendis references, but it's earned, because yeah. Bendis is the guy who created Ultimate Spider-Man, both the Parker and uh, Miles Morales version of him, and it's one of the best superhero runs of comics ever that goes on for the longest, where I'm always like, what's the best longest run of one comic? I'm like, probably Ultimate Spider-Man. It's it's a great run for <laughs> most of it. Yeah, I mean, there's the, a couple little weak points, but overall, but they go on for like an issue or two. Well, it depends on some of the stories, but yeah. um, we're yeah, not sorry, we're this is Now, about. let me say, <laughs> look, we haven't even talked about the just how creative visually this film is, and how much it really pays tribute to just comics and the every every detail of what makes comics and what people grew up with the the film has a style of using the old style of printing where it's like all dots i forgot what they call that when it's uh, like pointillism pointil- oh, yeah, yeah. pointillism is that what they call pointillism it pointillism is the original one from oh, yeah. uh, uh Surratt, who right. did that but well but when, when it's a comics, printing style it's not called that uh, posterization I don't know, no, but yeah. but where it's like <laughs> all the color, and when you look real closely at the page, you're like, okay, it's just dots. Yeah. And this movie regular, especially when it's a flat space or flat color, you're like, oh, you can totally see that. So the whole thing has this very, the comics page type of look this to it. This movie is very creative with every character design, too. Every character is animated slightly different from each other. Like Noir, like every part of him is black and white, but it doesn't mesh, it doesn't like clash clash with anything else around him. The same with the way Spider-Ham looks like an old cartoon and Penny Parker looks like a weird anime. And Spider-Gwen herself has a little color stuff here and there with her. But everybody is completely distinct from each other and they don't clash with each other at all and, somehow. And face-wise, there's sort of a, a cell shading type of look to it that they're doing here. But it's just part of a bigger whole of a huge mesh of different things. Uh, and let me just say, there's a whole giant third act battle sequence that is... One of the most psychedelic, crazy, like wildly creative sequences I've seen in an animated film since Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs, which sure, is also Phil Lord and Chris Miller. Blends so many art styles consistently because you get the very clean, like standard look that most of the movies in for as I said, most of the movie. But then it has the scenes where you know suddenly it goes to kind of stop panels, or uh, as Miles starts learning his powers. You start getting uh, the thought balloons popping up, and those don't feel intrusive at all. It finds the way to make it fit every scene where it's just like, yeah, it's a big change from the last set of scenes, but it feels natural to the way the story is progressing. And the reasons why they pop up are literally story-based. As I said, it's when Miles is learning his powers, we start getting thought balloons. As we start seeing the other Spider-Men, we start getting more comic panels. We start getting more of their own style. Uh, it's kind of amazing that nothing clashes at all. Because, yeah, as Mike mentioned, we have anime, we have a black and white character, and we have a Looney Tunes character. Well, this never stops changing and doing, finding new things to do. It's like, yeah, it does the thought balloons, but it doesn't do it for long. Yeah. It does it only when it really makes sense in the scene for it to be there. 
And it constantly is playing with all these different toys. Like I said, there's a Looney Tunes character in the middle of this, Spider-Ham, who's like, in his universe, he is essentially this immortal Looney Tunes character that pulls giant hammers out of nowhere and stuff. But in the context of the film, they make it make sense. Even as a fight scene, that makes sense with his character on both angles of in this universe and in his universe. And it's kind of brilliant. And I don't know how you can make those work or how I can explain it to you without you seeing it. That it works that well, but it just does. But it, this, none of this stuff would work if it wasn't for the heart of the film, which once again is Miles and and first alternate Spider-Man we see with Jake Johnson. Who, yeah. There's a lot of heart in that story as both of them are kind of healing each other from their damages. Uh, it it really, really is the, the centerpiece that makes you want to care about these people and you're – you're worried about them. You're worried about both of them in this. I think there's a bit as well with Mara Shali, Ali, Ali's character who, uh, well, if you, I'm not going to say it on Mike because a lot of you guys don't read Spider-Man comics, but he <laughs> is, you know, the moment he appears, what character he, he also is. And you're like, Oh shit. I was spent the whole movie going, I don't want this to happen, but I know it's going to happen. And I kind of feel bad for myself that I know it's going to happen mm-hmm. because when it happened and the reveal was made, the audience was like, Ooh! Yeah, I love that. Because we're giant comic book nerds, so we know exactly what's going on with certain characters. But yeah, when I heard the like the gasp from the reveal, I was just like, oh yeah, you guys don't know what that is, do you? They did a great job making this movie appeal both to people who know almost nothing about Spider-Man, because there's nothing in here that relies on you having to know and having a unbelievable amount of stuff that is for people who grew up with Spider-Man and know a lot about him. There's so much just sunk into just details in the background. It's crazy just how many references. So many things are in here. One of the best. I miss so many. One of the best Stan Lee cameos ever. Oh, I cried. It was a great Stan Lee cameo. I I will say, yeah, definitely the way the range this gets on this movie is there's a scene, as I mentioned, there's a Spider-Man lair because the Spider-Man in Miles' universe was (laughs) Basically, Batman level, you know, rich because he mess it managed well, correctly. Rich, he was just really good at what he well, did. He had, no, he had the merchandising down too. Yeah, but you get to the thing where it's you know the wall of suits, and as far as like the people who know nothing about Spider Man, there's one kid we heard goes, "Hey, that's like the suit in the game you play, Dad." <laughs> Whereas Mike is just sitting there counting each suit. Yeah, that one's from that like, comic. That one's from the game. When he points the out comic. the one with the cape, I'm like, "Oh, that's a super fucking obscure one." That I'm pretty sure I'm oh, one of the only people who knows that what that's from. That was real. I, I was like, "I was like, oh, was that a real suit?" That yeah, it's from what? a what if comic. If he didn't um, stop being a showman, oh and yeah. So he has oh, he has wow. a suit with a cape on it. My favorite was me, it. Mike, and Chris. All laughing at as he's going down this elevator. They both have the spider cycle and the spider buggy. Yeah. And we're just like, ha, the spider buggy's here. Spider. God, there's so many fucking references to everything. I'm like, it's that suit. It's that suit. It's the most obvious one. ones that I don't feel bad pointing out to somebody because you'll see them right away. And it's a, that's the thing is, though, it's not a movie that feels a need to point at any of these things because the movie is so rich with constant detail that if you didn't know it was a thing... You're never going to know you missed anything. This movie is so good at explaining things to people who don't read comics. Like, every chance it gets. And every relationship that Miles has with every character is is fleshed out with the little time some of them have. Way more than I anticipated from anything like this. It's phenomenal every single time there's a reference or a relationship that's explained for a character in just, like, ten seconds. Like, Spider-Gwen's, like, her origin is just like, this is what happened to her Peter Parker end of story. Like, it doesn't stop it to be like, and then this tragic thing is like, no, this is what happened. Let's keep going. Right. And it keeps just explaining things. 
And they're pl- and hell, even motivations for villains, it's just like this is what's going on. End of story. Right. Like, even for the Spider-Man, Peter uh, Peter Parker Spider-Man's, excuse me, when they do their story, it goes literally. Look, we've done this before. Let's go through it fast. It's like, look, we're not going to bullshit you. Everybody knows that Ben Parker died. I became Spider-Man for being bit by a radioactive spider. Here's ten seconds of me telling you that. I mean, it's a very like like I said. Speaking about the heart again, there's this whole thing of like what makes. And every universe, a core element of who Spider-Man is and why he ends up being the way he is, which is indeed and in, in the one we all know the best, the death of Ben Parker. And so this film finds a way that isn't part of the original Miles Morales canon to, to do that sure. in here. And there's just this wonderful, just emotional moment with all the Spider-Man and, and Miles Morales kind of like, like, it, it's like he's like no one understand he's like dude we're the only ones who could understand there's such a great moment where it accidentally makes a joke with it too and yeah. it goes back to being sad again yeah <laughs> I, I wanted to also say between Chris Pine and Jake Johnson we get the best representations of Peter Parker I think we've ever seen on screen because they kind of hit that dichotomy of Spider-Man is high and Spider-Man is lows and it's just like yeah this is Peter Parker's life is extreme highs and extreme lows and both of them is like, either way, he's the most noble human being on the planet. Just that sometimes he may get a little schlubby about it because he's a he's a New Yorker trying to do his best. And he's he's underappreciated. I want to talk like a little more about Jake Johnson. It's not like the fucking Flash who gets yeah. his own goddamn museum. He gets a museum with <laughs> and all of his rogues people technically love him. Everybody, yeah, his rogues are even like, we, we can't kill him. We, can't, we don't hate him, really. We just kind of hate him, but not really. Like, I, don't <laughs> I want to talk more about Jake Johnson's Spider-Man because, fuck, dude, that is like... He's like my spirit animal kind of thing. <laughs> I can give you that one. Because that dude is like, he's the Spider-Man that most of us probably would end up being. Yeah. Kind of thing. He's a Spider-Man who's I'm like... I'm exactly like him now, except without spider powers or yeah. nobility. We're mostly... We're, pretty much everyone in this room is mostly actually Jake Johnson Spider-Man in real life without the spider powers. Wearing but, a Spider-Man costume, eating a burger, going, this is the best thing in the world. I've done yep, that yep, plenty of times. <laughs> probably did that recently. Sitting and uh, crying by yourself in your house with a beer and a burger wearing spider a full Spider-Man outfit. Like, that sounds somebody, like all of us. There's yes. so many great moments because of, yeah, the fact that he's a little chunkier and everyone keeps bringing it up like i think my favorite is the he's being like looked at by a scientist and they're like yeah it's probably from the warping yes exactly that's totally what it is <laughs> yes like there's so many moments where, but he's such a fantastic character that there's like little things that they throw in there that are just quick jokes that are some of the funniest fucking things i've ever heard in my life and he's so goddamn good as spider-man that he's easily in my top five favorite spider-man voice actors oh yeah like period Probably in the top three. I never would have thought in a no, billion exactly. years. Who I, I I love Johnson, but I never would have thought in a billion years that he would be the guy well, to play this part. He's kind of an actor yeah. that every time I see him, and he does play Jake Johnson in every movie, but there's a lot of times where I see him in a movie, I'm like, I've never pictured him as that, and he kind of makes it work. Uh, I do want to say, because we haven't touched on these characters, um, uh, Aunt May is in there a fair amount, played by Lily Tomlin, who I like. Yeah, that makes perfect sense that that is Lily Tomlin. She is fantastic. There's so much May. I want to mention without uh, she's that, the spoilers. Yeah, exactly. But she's that Aunt May that is the Aunt May who understands that Peter was Spider-Man. is like, no, Peter chose this and I chose it for him as well. She's, she's kind of awesome. Um, uh, I, I just want to – I'm sorry. Going back to Jake Johnson one more sure. time. We, so for the first time ever, got to see a filmed version 
of older Spider-Man. That's what I've been That's wanting. Exactly what I've most. been wanting it forever. I'm tired of super young Peter Parker. Yeah. I love too. seeing older experienced Peter who's been through it all. I was so I was just like oh flames on the side of my face. I was yes, like so excited. So, oh, every time he's on screen, I was like I love you so much. And they, address, <laughs> they, I, they even address in his backstory about how he's wanting to reconnect with MJ and you just feel so bad you're like yeah, I know that Peter where he broke up with MJ. Oh, yeah. That's the Peter that I hurt the most for because I'm like, you know Pasqua and that she's the only other person he ever cared about that much. And also, I want to say, the MJ in here, she get, doesn't get to do much, but it's Zoe Kravitz, which I didn't pick up on during the movie. Uh-huh. But she does a really good job as the voice of Mary Jane Watson. And their MJ in this movie, uh, both versions, because you do get a little bit of the other one, it's like, that's kind of what I want from MJ, where it's just like, yeah, she is her own person. She does... You know, she loves Peter deeply, but she also has her own drive, and she will go for that drive in every scene. Well, let's uh, go to final thoughts. Uh, Ben, get us started. Sure. Uh, I think we've all agreed on this, and you guys can correct me if I'm wrong when you do your parts, but this is probably the best Spider-Man movie, and maybe even the best animated movie this year. Uh, I haven't seen all of them, but I will say, as I said earlier, every scene that's visual is different. Everything has its own style to it, and while it keeps some uniformity so that you don't lose your mind completely, it is so original. Every 15 minutes, it feels like something different has happened. It is gorgeous. It's the best representation of Peter Parker, best representation of Gwen. Honestly, I could watch a whole movie of, a movie of Nicolas Cage as Spider-Man Noir. Mm-hmm. They use him a little bit for jokes here, which is fine because this character is so different from every other Spider-Man that you need to. But it just works. And his, like, uh, backstory, the second he goes, and I also love punching Nazis. I was just like, this is fucking yeah. amazing. <laughs> uh, I want to say, if you haven't looked it up, uh, Slash Film had a great article that included a video of some of the actors act- performing some of the lines in the movie. And Nicolas Cage's are the best because he's going full, like, arm motions. He's and, so like, good. <laughs> leaning into the microphone, and it's hilarious to watch. Uh, no, I, I honestly adore this movie. It... It's hard for me to say anything other than a 10 out of 10, just because it's so just everything I want from a Spider-Man movie, a Spider-Man comic. Uh, and they hint at a sequel. Uh, oh, they've actually already announced a sequel. Okay, good. Yeah. They hint very strongly at a sequel. Uh, it also is one of the best credit scenes, which I don't want oh, to spoil. So good. Till the end of the credits. You will be uh, very <laughs> sad if you miss the post. Exactly. The post, I mean, very end of the credits. It's so, so fucking So fantastic. overall, I give this 10 out of 10 other Spider-Man universes, I'd love to see them tap into. Uh, here's Mike going with, is there a higher rating than 10 out of 10? Yeah, holy shit, guys. Uh, I, there's so many things I want to say about this, but I would end up spoiling the movie. So many fucking things. But, goddamn, yeah, I, I'm with Ben. It's the best fucking Spider-Man movie, I think, hands down. It's the best animated movie this year, hands down. Um, every single fucking character is so goddamn magical every single time they're on screen. Spider-Man noir, Nicolas Cage's version of him is, is a lot of fun. Sure, he's a little different from comic book one, but I don't give a fuck. He's so much fun. Um, same with uh, Penny Parker. She's a more charmy, fun version of that character because her universe is dark as fuck. Um, In the comics. Yeah, comic book-wise, she, yeah. her whole thing is like this whole dark story. But um, yeah, every single like person, like that's the closest thing to a nitpick is that the nerdy part of my brain was like, well, I know this version of it. But then it's one of those things, like, well, it's a movie. Like, it, it just, they don't need it to be that exact thing. It needs to be what it needs to be. And every single character is played for exactly the way they need to be. 
John Mulaney as Spider-Ham is so much fun. Yeah. Like, John Mulaney must have been... Fun, is, yeah. Like, there's... Every single person, I feel, is, like, almost the perfect casting. There's every relationship that every character has with one another is done amazingly well for the amount of time it has. Every single fucking voice actor is amazing for the time they have. Miles Morales... The ending of this movie has a great moment where Miles says that I can wear the I can wear the mask and so can you, and it's a very powerful moment because it's it's something I remember Stanley saying once is that one of the things he liked about Spider Man was that anyone can see themselves being Spider Man, and this movie just throws that at you in the best possible way. Um, top three Spider Man voice actors, like I have to say, um, with Jake Johnson being up there, you know. The only t- the only people that he's behind for me is Christopher Daniel Barnes and um, Josh Keaton, and then it's him because mm. goddamn he's he's so goddamn perfect. Not Chris Pine with his Christmas song. Well, there wasn't enough Chris Pine, I, and even <laughs> then, I don't think I liked him as much as that. As that. I would put him behind Neil Patrick Harris. He's not in it that much. Yeah, no, I put him behind not. Neil Patrick Harris in my in my voice acting Spider Man stuff, uh, which is like number six, I guess. Um, <laughs> But yeah, because uh, everyone listening to the review was like, "We got to know the exact ranking of Mike's I can totally, I, I will go on it if you want. But uh, <laughs> there's so many of them. But um, overall, I would have to give it. Besides ten out of ten, I guess I'm going to give my a different arbitrary one. Six one six out of ten universes. Nice. Oh, I thought you were going to be like ten out of ten times I cried during this movie. <laughs> I also did a lot of that. <laughs> Six six one six I, times, dude. I'm, I was not embarrassed to admit it. I cried like eight times in this movie oh, just definitely. because of those moments where it did something so perfect and wonderful that it just started me welling up. I mean, I was we are are they were they were playing it in two theaters when we saw it, and and Martin, of course, is my ultimate Spider Man buddy. Uh, like he saw all the Spider Man movies with me in the theater. I've seen every Spider Man movie with Martin, including the first one in the theater. And I was like, we've got to go. I gotta wait. And his movie started. I was like, God damn, get out of there! Right here, I swear <laughs> to God, if he comes out of this and he didn't like it, I'm just gonna be our friendship is over. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he's like, I was like, did you cry? He's like, oh, dude, I cried through that whole fucking movie. <laughs> there you go. I was like, what? You're just like, it's just so perfect, and it really is. I'm sorry. This is like. Everything I wanted that I didn't know exactly was what I wanted. It was like I have never been a, a, as close to as creative in my life as these people are who made this film. It is so both just like getting everything perfect about about Spider-Man of stuff that you know you wanted and a ton more that you never would have thought of doing in a billion years. Adapting all the, the sort of web web uh, warrior stuff and all this thing and bringing it into this perfect origin story from Miles Morales, who we will be seeing a lot more of cinematically, so. guaranteed. Yeah, they wanted to make sure Miles Morales was the one that everybody in the world knew was the next real Spider-Man. They finally sold that to everyone who doesn't read a comic. I just, I'm, this movie just fills me with joy and cum in my pants. Um, I'm like, webbing in his pants, kids. Webbing, webbing, yes. That's what I mean. I mean, uh, twip, twip. yes. Uh, twip, twip. That's the sound it makes. <laughs> I, I can't wait to see this fucking movie again. I'm really? Again, I feel so like I'm getting the, 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 uh, vapors just talking about yeah, it. By the way, Chris, I need to cancel the gathering this weekend. Mm-hmm. I need to go see, go, go see Can we just all go watch it and then record the gathering? Seriously. <laughs> um, I, gonna give this as well it's a 10 out of 10 um just unexpected and beautiful references that stab you in the heart yeah holy shit (laughs) so jesus yeah so mike uh 
Since you're the Spider-Man super expert, what are three more Spider-Man that you want to see in the next movie? Um, off the top of my head, uh, probably 1602 Spider-Man would be great. Oh, yeah, yeah, that, that would be cool. I'd yeah. also love Spider-Punk to show up. Oh, yeah, that great was the one I kept thinking was Spider-Punk. Spider-Punk's yeah. a great character. And, and then um, one we can't say, because um, I'd rather not... That one, uh, I would I would say, but uh, I can't say it, but uh, I guess... If you know Mike at all, you'll kind of guess... You'll know exactly about. who it is if I say. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of one other one. All I can say is, they do. <laughs> well, I would like the PS4 one just to show, just because I really like that version of him a lot. That outfit is great. Yeah, you see the outfit. outfit. You yeah, see the, the outfit. outfit shows up in it. Yeah. But I think he's a great fucking Spider-Man, as well as, honestly, probably one of the other crazier ones. Hell, fucking Spider-Man would be great. I would love to see the Leopard on and show up and What's fucking What's the uh, Indian one? Uh, just Spider-India. No, this no, what they no. Call What's his name? His Peter Parker name. Like, oh, uh, fuck. Uh, I used to know this. Pa- Panel Parker or something Parker. like that? Patel Parker, Patel Parker I think. Yeah. It's, there's so many great ones. The giant, Spider the UK. giant Japanese Spider-Man mech. <laughs> well, yeah, Leo Pardon. I already said. Oh, sorry. We know him by name. Yes, I know well, him by name. My only problem with this movie is there weren't 40 other Spider-Men there I would have There weren't enough like of them. <laughs> Honestly, I will say my only sp- problem with this movie is there's one scene that's perfect for Madam Web, and they didn't include her just as a one quick movie. Little reference, web. yeah. We'll we'll get see Madame where web you're in the next seeing one. through the webs in the different universes, and they could have dropped her in as like a sh- single frame. Yeah, like her a joke where she's like, "Hey, what are you doing in my house?" Oh, Assassin Spider Man, that would be cool. <laughs> <laughs> we could be here all night. Folks. Yeah, you, I would be all forever. 